Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Good evening, Gabby. Good evening, TC, and welcome all to our weekly podcast, Terry Curran's Current View with the Isle of Hillsborough, Mr. Terry Curran. Steady away, how are you doing, son? I'm a lot better, Gabby. I'm feeling a lot better. Good, that's good to hear. Uh, TC, we always start on the magic moments. We've got some wonderful topics of the week a little bit later in the show. Um, and I do want to touch upon England's performances uh, recently in the UEFA uh, Euros qualifications that we've just qualified for Germany uh, next summer. So well done to the boys, but more about that later. What magic moments have you uh, sourced for us, TC, this week? Well, obviously with the Premier League and Championship not being on, yeah. it's nice for us to pick uh, goals or magic moments or whatever we want to call them this uh, this week because it's you know it's the well it's just a championship tour I think there's about three or four games in the championship one but uh, I mean you put you put uh, five up and I've gone with one of them anyway I would yeah. always pick one of those out like the uh, free kick with uh, Chris Long yes great great uh, worked out and and the, and the finish not at any level because I hear them all say at that level but at any level to do it it's fantastic I think when we talk about free kicks, I remember as a kid, um, one of the boys, you know, in our football group, he got a book and we used to look at free kicks and try them for our school team, our Sunday team. We, You know, we'd start on the playgrounds at school and I think it's fantastic. That was a tremendous bit of skill. Um, and I, I do love, you know, when someone hits a free kick and he bends it and he curls it round the wall, I think that's great. But I think that technique that they practice out on the training pitch and it works and they pull it off, I just think that's just superb, sublime. What about the free kick out, bro? When he, when he <laughs> I, would like, I would like you to talk about that, TC, because it is a great little story. goes back to Newcastle United, St Listen. James's Park, doesn't it? Listen, I, I a couple. I mean, it's good about, I've scored a few goals on free kicks. Right? Yeah. I'm not sure if you went. Yeah, eight, one over foot bar, or two, two over bar, and Jack went absolutely. He coming on. You'll never take another free kick. I was okay, Jack. Forget it. We'll put somebody on it. Anyway, he had us all in the following mo- uh, following morning. I, I think I've told you all about this one. Before. Yeah, you tell us again, too. It's great. And uh, he says, right, I've had a, uh, I've had a dream, and this is what this is how we're going to score. Right? He said, uh, I want to mega up. Yeah, the me and Bano were in front of the wall, or me and Bego, one of us anyway, one of us two, or both one, both of us. Uh, and I think it me and Bano and Bego was on the ball. He said, I want you two to get in front of the wall, right, in front of their wall, bend and come running towards me. I'm going to whip it. Anyway, Mego tries it. It goes, it goes all over the place. Does it? It is, but Bano, and he goes into the back. Of it. I start slapping. 
He sent me off a pitch, uh, training pitch for laughing because, you know, when somebody starts laughing, yeah. and all other lads started laughing because they, you know, I could stop laughing and they were all laughing. And you think to yourself, where did they come up with these free kicks? Like, you know, but that was a well worked free kick, that. But Jack used to come up with these things oh, all, the, all the time. I can remember when he used to do coaching on TV. Yeah. And a younger hit him between legs. <laughs> 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 but again, he was one of the game's characters, wasn't oh, he, Jack Charlton? I mean, it must have been a laugh a minute there up there. With he Sheffield didn't know. Wednesday. Listen, he didn't know how funny he was at times. Yes, mm. brilliant. Because people like him just are naturally funny, and some of the things that they come out with are just quite comical. I mean, I think that day you told us he come in with like he one sock up, one sock down, and yeah, if you'd have seen him walking across <laughs> the pitch. And it's about two inches above his ankles. <laughs> he's got a football sock on right, and a normal sock on. Right, he's got his cap on. Right, he must have catched the thing off it because there's always there was always an old bloke there. Right, he, he, he used to send the bloke. Have you got a fag, mate? The bloke could give him a sink packet and he take two or three out one jack. Happy days, TC. Happy days. Uh, got to mention a magic moment for San Marino. They actually scored a goal and it was against Denmark. So well done to San Marino. And talking of... Uh, it Denmark. It it... Yeah, Denmark. I think Denmark beat them 2-1, didn't they? San Marino actually scored a goal. Ukraine, weren't it? No, I think I'm almost certain it I was think Denmark. I think it was Ukraine because I bet Ukraine they were losing 1-0. Couldn't have been Ukraine because Ukraine are in our group. Are they? Yeah, unless it was a friendly, but, you know, watch this space. We'll have a look at that for next week, too. I'm but, sure it was Ukraine. OK. But, oh, no, Ukraine played Lithuania, didn't they? What it, they've got me confused now. I'm very sorry, too. San Marino is a little province, isn't it, in, in yeah, Italy. Italy? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Paul Smythe's goal for Northern Ireland against San Marino. I mean, we've mentioned Paul on a number of occasions, uh, be uh, Orient or now for uh, for Northern Ireland, um, Queens Park Rangers as well. I think that he's an absolute talent, and uh, it was a wonderful scissors kick goal. Great technique, fantastic. I think absolutely the, the, fantastic. The kid, the kid's a little little magician, and uh, and as I say, we have mentioned him a number of times because Paul yeah, Smythe does yeah. create and does give us a lot of magic moments. I have put down. Uh, Chris Long's goal, uh, that free kick for Crew Alexander against Tramia. Did you see Percy's goal as well against Germany? What and a listen, blinding effort oh, that was. Listen, no Premier League, no Championship. Mm. Yes, we've had the internationals on. But we've had some absolutely pearls, haven't we, from the you know Championship too? Oh, absolutely. And, and uh, I mean, the conference now, we see them and some yeah. of the other goals are unbelievable absolutely too but my magic magic moment this week is Michael Morrison's goal yeah. for Cambridge United against Shrewsbury right. in the words of Andy Gray tickaboo son tickaboo I mean he never done that for Birmingham when I watched him for Birmingham I mean I didn't realise he got that in his locker I mean it was Maradona-esque wasn't it unbelievable absolutely you can't stop it though, Gabby, can you? Really? No, you can't. No. When you're in full flight like that, mm. and when you do goal. try and Absolutely. stop it, I mean, I like to see, I like to see goals like that. What kind of goal takes your eye? For for me, it's always got to have that skill. 
uh, side to it. I mean, I think shots are brilliant, when they, especially when going the top corner or they're going to... I think if you catch it right, anything, a goal, when it's a shot, it's unbelievable. I mean, the greatest free kick I've ever seen in my life is that Carlos... Uh, Carlos yeah. uh, in, Roberto yeah, Carlos, Latour yeah, Noir. Roberto Carlos, Real Madrid from uh, Brazil against uh, France. Mm. But he scored about three or four like that, you know. Yeah, did. Branco was another one, Warnie, yeah. that used to lever it for Brazil. Unbelievable. I mean, you're thinking when he's when he's hitting it. I can't remember that game as like we yesterday. Yeah. I'm thinking he's never going to hit this from there. No. And the bend of it to go it was like going out and then to come in like he did. But it just shows you how much. Those balls do, do, do uh, move. I mean, when you look at things like that, that there's two moments in, in sport. The Roberto Carlos's goal, I just loved um, the face of Fabian Barthez in goal, looking oh, at the yeah. crowd, thinking, what, they all jumping up and down? Looks in the back of the net and found the ball. It's like, how did he do that? It was similar to Mike Gatting's face. When Shane Warne bowled him and he's going, what are they all applauding for? Where's my stumps gone? I mean, just moments of magic and, and magic that lives on forever because they were that good. Oh, by the way, Ukraine did beat Malta. Yeah, they played Malta-Ukraine, didn't they? Yeah. Because... Or San Marino, Denmark did beat, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because we, yeah. we now have got, uh, I think, North Macedonia and Malta in the last two games. So we will be talking about that in the second half of the podcast too. But just do want to still indulge in the magic moments and and, and and a shot as well that it's the bar and goes in for me. That's always a look at that and go, wow. But the skill when a player glides past another. Past people. Yeah, like Morrison did. I mean, that will always... I, I, I mean, Maradona, when he scored that, uh, infamous goal against England when he just coasted past players and then he just like Messi scored in. a similar goal for Barcelona, you know. Yes, yeah. Against, I mean, uh, was it Real Betis? I'm not sure, but I mean, he scored that many goals against just about right. everybody that he's ever played against as Messi and and I mean, he's he John Barnes for, uh, for England. Again, Marikana, for you know, yeah. when you see that when yeah. they get up, they set off on those runs. It's yeah, unbelievable goals. And again, another player that used to give us magic moments and scored some unbelievable goals, uh, Matt Letizia. Oh, I don't think anybody in, in England or Premier League has scored as many great goals as he has. I mean, I remember the first time I interviewed Matt and one of the kids said, ask him if he ever scored any tappings. <laughs> and uh, he didn't score that many tappings, of course, but he did half score some clubbusters. Oh, we... Again... The skill levels of Matt Letizia. How come he never had 50-plus caps for England? Well, we know why, because England have always overlooked those kind of players. Look at Jack Grealish again. Yeah, I know. I mean, I didn't see him, but it's a a disgrace, isn't it? Yeah, again, we will be talking about it uh, in the second half, but I do want to just delve into our book corner in association with myfootballbooks.com. Andy always gives us a recommendation. And this week, it's Me and My Big Mouth by Graham Denton. When Cloughy sounded off in TV Times, and he's written a book about Brian, uh, old Big Mouth, old Big Ed, as he used to famously call himself. And yesterday, on the 17th of October 1973, it was 50 years 
since England drew 1-1 with Poland and we didn't quite quite qualify for the World Cup in 74. Um, I don't think Brian Moore was happy with him, with Cluffy calling him a clown, Tomaszewski. But let's be truthful. I mean, let's go back to that game. He had, he had, had nightmares, but that day, it was unbelievable that night, wasn't it? I think Cluffy was absolutely right. He called him a clown. And, and and he was because it wasn't the fact that he made brilliant brilliant saves. The ball just hit him. I mean, I've yeah, never, yeah. I've never seen. In fact, I've, I remember two goalkeeping performances at Wembley when I was a kid. That one, Jan Tomaszewski, and also Gary Pierce, who played in goal for Wolverhampton Wanderers when they beat Man City two one in 1974. The year after, but that game, that game. We had enough chances. Yeah, and the, like you said, some of those saves were there was it straight at him, and you think you said, "How, how have they missed that?" I mean, it literally. I mean, we peppered the Polish goal. We totally missed the eight chance that, that night. I mean, in the game you know, before, the game before, we'd scored seven at yeah. Wembley, and, and you just incredible. And I mean, that could have been seven that night, really, couldn't it? Oh, it could have been 17. We had that yeah. many chances. We absolutely battered Poland. And then, of course, uh, Norman Hunter uh, went for uh, a tackle, missed it. And then I think it was Godoka that scored the goal past Peter Shilton. And then Alan Clark did equalise from the penalty spot. But there's a wonderful picture on uh, on the internet of behind the goal and looking at Peter Shilton. Shilton couldn't look. He was facing the other way and Alan Clark stuck, yeah, I remember, stuck yes, it I in. That. I mean, I, I did an interview with, with Alan. It's on our Patreon site, all the W's, patreon.com forward slash SRB media. And Alan talked me through that. His first goal for England was on his debut against Czechoslovakia in, um, in the Mexico World Cup. And uh, Don Revy, He'd said to, um, I think it was Les Cocker, he said, do you, think, um, do you think Alan will score? He said, you can bet your house on Alan will score. And when he stepped up to take that penalty, it was again, do you think Alan will score? Yeah, you could bet your house on Alan will score. And he did. But Clark, he said to me, Sniffer said to me, took him ages to get over that result, you know. Took, it took Alan ages. Ages, yeah. Well, he, yeah, they well, were you, absolutely. You know, you're going to a down. World Cup and you miss out on it. Yeah, you are. Yeah, I mean, we as a nation, we as football fans, we're absolutely gutted. But then football players, as you say, too, they missed out on a World Cup to ply the trade at the highest yeah, level but, that they could. And I think in them days, international football was far better and far more entertaining, and I think far, far more difficult to win games of football. Yeah, it's. I mean, everybody. This is what I. Players, the bonus, especially what they're going today. But even mm-hmm. in my day, you know, when there's a bonus, you're not gonna not try to uh, win a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, unless the game is corrupt, then then I, I I can see that. But no player goes out to play bad. No. No, I mean. Ultimately, some players do, but they don't set out to play bad. And there's a wonderful. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Um, feature in the latest edition of When Saturday Comes, a magazine that I subscribe to, November 2003, issue 436. Uh, about the said game and it starts off it'll be a terrible thing for six weeks then everybody will forget about it claimed Alan Ardake at secretary of the football league well no we're still gutted about it Alan 50 years on and that's what football does and sometimes when you don't qualify it does make it even worse although with Tony Curry I did say to Tony you missed it. he said well I'd have missed out anyhow because I was having a cartilage operation so we would have missed out on that World Cup finals but England did and I think in the 70s again in my opinion football's all opinions I do hear this about the golden generation with Skulls and Gerrard and Lampard and it's been um, labelled at this new crop of players for me, the golden generation was the 70s. Never have we had so much talent and never have we wasted so much talent by inept management. Yeah. Well, and, and don't forget, it's a lot easier for them to qualify nowadays than oh. when it was back, you know, because it would have knocked out. Yeah. One, one by, I mean, like that Poland game. I mean, I said, Seb, you, you're right, it could have been 10, 12, mm. 14. Uh, it would incredible. I mean, it was shot after shot after miss, you know. Uh, but like nowadays, they have two teams, top teams. We know they're going to qualify because the other two teams are absolutely garbage. Yeah, because they're all seeded these days. Because what anybody mm-hmm. says, you know, the garbage, completely yeah. garbage. Yeah, absolutely. The next two matches we've got. Yeah, I mean, what, what's the point? I mean, Malta and uh, North Macedonia. Unbelievable. Listen. I mean, he'll still play his double pivot as well. Yeah. Uh, well, he might He might still even leave Jack on bench for them two games. Well, it, it, again, it wouldn't surprise me because, you know, although Tomaszewski was called a clown by uh, Brian Clough, lots of fans are calling Safegate a clown for things that he's done. I still can't believe the loving that many have with Gareth Safegate, but then again, yeah, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Gareth. I think yeah. they are, and I think a lot of them actually don't understand the football. Pot, you know, yeah. Gary Lineker, no, they're all being the same pot. But they're not it's all say about nothing. lining the old pockets, isn't it? Absolutely, too. So, a wonderful book there, Me and My Big Mouth by Graham Denton, when Cluffy sounded off in TV Times. And Cluffy, one of the most charismatic managers ever to grace uh, a, 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 a dugout. Um, and to grace a coaching uh, field because, you know, in the early days in particular, Brian used to do a lot of the coaching. Did he do much of the coaching when you was at Nottingham Forest, too? No. 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 
we get one. The younger lads would get one day off, but the older, like Frank Clark yeah. and Larry Lloyd, would get two days off. Mm. He, he was short, shot, uh, a rest. Yeah. Rest. I mean, you know they all go on about um, feeling tired? Oh. He would give you a couple of days off, but you would rest. He didn't like you. He didn't. You like a lot of players stayed behind nowadays. There's always been players stay behind and do extra work. Yeah. But it's free kicks and doing the skills. Cliffy didn't like you doing that, you know. Yeah. Get yourself home and get rest. That's what I suppose you, you do. Get your legs up and have a rest. So he, he was a big believer in that, you know. He certainly was and, and famously did write uh, many columns during his years as a football manager. Actually, he retired, what was he, 29 and went into management around about at the age of 30, didn't he? Yeah. At, I, think uh, he's, I think he United. did his team around about 27. Mm. He tried to come back, didn't he? Yes, he did, yeah. 29, yeah. Yeah, almost did come back, but, you know, truth be known, they all thought that Brian Clough wouldn't be able to come back, and he didn't. But uh, when he did go into management, oh my days, what an indelible mark Brian yeah. Clough left. And so many books about Cloughy guys, so just check them out. Uh, but this one in particular, me and my big mouth. Uh, Almas Grande, River Plate, Argentina's biggest club by Mark Orton. Um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big lover of footballers, you know. When Argentina, you say biggest club, most successful, yeah. What about the or the most successful one? Because that River biggest Plate, um, not River Plate, Boca. the Boca Juniors. Yeah. River, you know, that's River. fanatical. Mind you, all those Argentinian games I used to watch years ago. Yeah, it used to be on the telly. They're not so much on the telly. The French league now, apparently, is not going to be on the telly. I don't really know what's happened there, but I do like to watch the Italian games uh, on the telly. But uh, I did see... Well, because we've been our women games on, you know that. Well, I know, T. T. Again, it does my Sweden, to be quite truthful. But River Plate versus Boca Juniors, super classico. I mean, what an atmosphere and what a rivalry those two uh, teams have from Buenos Aires. I mean, that Boca Juniors stadium, I think he's a, a fantastic stadium. I mean, it amazes me how they actually don't fall out the seats onto the pitch. It, it really is steep, isn't it? Yeah, and they're yeah. going And it's close to the pitch and all, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and they're going absolutely bonkers. I mean, you know, when I was a kid and we had the 78 World Cup finals and you looked at the ticker tape and didn't yeah. really know what was going on with the Argentinian. And because they're in South America, you don't see that much. But in the last World Cup in Qatar, I looked at them Argentinian fans and thought, you must be the greatest in the world. And, you know, we've always seen bits and pieces from certainly the Super Classico and those two big clubs. And nothing has, um, has swayed my opinion that they're the greatest fans on the planet, Argentina. Yeah. The, you know, it do, I remember when they came over and all, just after the World Cup, Adilas and uh, Villa. Yes. Um, and then Tottenham started doing it, didn't they? they yeah, they did, yeah. You know, fantastic. Well, the, Absolutely. The you first, should make your stand back in like that. Absolutely. The first game that they played at home, uh, I'm not too sure what the debut was, but it was away from home. The first game that they played at home in August, in what was it, 78, because it was just after the World Cup, was Aston Villa and they got tonked 4-1 by the yeah. Villa. Dennis Mortimer told me it was 
arguably the greatest atmosphere that he'd ever seen. And he says to me, see if you can get a picture for us of, of that ticker tape and coming out onto the pitch there at White Hart Lane. Something that stayed with Dennis all his life. I can remember that to 78. I mean, it were always the ticker tape. When I say bad, I don't mean bad, bad. But uh, there were that much ticker tape on the pitch. I'm thinking to myself, how the hell is this game going to be played? Yeah. Because it just it just kept letting it drop and drop. They are fanatics, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. It was almost as though you're going to have to use an orange ball because you won't see that tango ball. You might see the bits of black on it, but you certainly ain't going to pick up the white because it, it was just incredible. And that was the uh, World Cup final. The 74 World Cup final was delayed because the corner flags wasn't in place. And Jack Taylor... It had happened to him previously, and he was very mindful of that. So when he come over out on the pitch, he noticed the corner flags wasn't uh, put up, so it, it was delayed, and that was delayed. I think it was Rennie van der Kerkhoff. Do you remember he had that little light plastic cast uh, on his arm, and there was a right ooh about that. Uh, but again, the game went to extra time. Argentina won it. Mario Kempes ran out a absolute national treasure. Um, again, another book. About, Is he still alive? I believe so. Yeah, I think he still does a lot of um, punditry work, doesn't he? Uh, really? Yeah, I believe so. And I did see him in the uh, the World Cup doing his work uh, for TV and radio, etc. He still looks very, very well. Again, what a Great player. player. And you played against Great him, player. of course, didn't you, T? Yeah, unbelievable. And third, thirdly, T, emancipation, and I picked this book out because I just love that word, emancipation for goalposts. I think it's a great title, and it's Football's Role in the Fall of Yugoslavia by Chris Etchingham. Yugoslavia have produced some fantastic players. I know now it's different because you've got Serbia, you've got Croatia, you've got Bosnia, Zavginia, etc. It's all broke up. Yeah, he has. Gifted, weren't they? Oh, when they come as one as as Yugoslavia, again, probably, probably the. I mean, okay, Hungary didn't win the World Cup, come very close. Holland have not won the World Cup and come close in in the seventies uh, as well. But Yugoslavia were another one that you could put in that same envelope that didn't win the World Cup, come not as close as them guys. But had some fantastic players, and that always, red star. Always, the, the pundits and the players. Well, because back then they had you know ex-players as pundits and everything, didn't they? And, yeah. uh, they all used to talk about the technical the ability of these uh, Yugoslavs. They may have lacked a bit of the um, physical side of it, but technically they were brilliant. And and Udi always says to me about Bogusevic. He says, "Paul, what a player." Bogusevic was one of the greatest players that, that Alan ever played against. Played for Red Star and then moved over to the NASL and played for the Cosmos. Um, what used to happen in them days is it was something to do with your 20, I'm sure your 28th birthday, depending where it fell on the calendar, you couldn't be transferred uh, to another club until you were I think 28 or the season that started that you were going to be 28 in. And as a consequence, lots of those Yugoslavians stayed in Yugoslavia. I mean, that's why your Red Star of Belgrade was such a great side in them days. But the again, 
What was the other one? Red Star Belgrade and the other. What was the other one called? Well, I've always really thought of uh, Red no, Star Belgrade. There were Belgrade two of them, Red a... Star and... Oh, it'll come to me in a bit. I mean, Dynamo's a greb. No, 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 dude. Two top teams in back then. Okay, well, it'll come to me. You have a think about it. Both from Yugoslavia, too? You what, Gab? Sorry. Were they, were they both from Yugoslavia? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Have a think about it. Or get young Tom. Is, uh, is Tommy, you know, is he up? Is he awake yet? They're in room watching um, Google, football, Google, uh, football, the Google, you know, talk sport and all that type of thing. They're in there watching. I'm coming to the bedroom. They're proper on it, aren't they? And who's Jock playing for this week, by the way? Is he still in the They've won six on shot. Yeah, they're flying, aren't they? They're flying, absolutely flying. And what's his team? What's his team, too? Uh, Aubrey. 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 Yeah. Aubrey. So Aubrey we'll, we'll, give, uh, we'll give them a shout. Uh, next week, see how Jock's getting on. Has he got over his injury? Because you, you did say he'd, he'd been injured recently, hadn't he? Yeah. He'd, what did he get? Um, he had slight knock, so he didn't play in the cup game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played, played seven. He didn't play in that cup game. Six league games. Won, won six. They scored 19 goals and conceded three. Wow, sounds like Manchester City. So yeah, watch they're, they're really playing well. And watch Aubrey. Um, strange but true, too. Leeds United's Ellen Road has two wells some 70 feet deep below the north and west stands, together with a pumping system under the south stand. The wells were dug in order for the club to draw water should an emergency occur to regular water supplies. You come up with some classics, you. We I, learn some of every, every week. I go to Les Scott's wonderful book, Denied Promotion by a Tree, and look for some of the nuggets that Les has found. I do email him and thank him. In fact, Les is going to be working on uh, Jermaine Defoe's uh, autobiography. He's going to ghostwrite it with Jermaine Defoe. Another right. great pl- another great player, yeah, wasn't absolutely, he, Jermaine? Really. For the tiny, for a tiny, I mean, it was tiny. Was uh, the Jermaine Defoe? When you see Mamma Donna, they look physically strong for the for, yeah. for me, even though they're small. But he looked really tiny, didn't he? But what a great goal scorer he was, Defoe. Again, shame really that that when he actually played, there was you know some fantastic forwards that that really were above him in the pecking order for England. But if you look at Jermaine Defoe's scoring record, I mean, it's, it stands up there with uh, with any of them. I thought he was a fantastic player and always comes across as a good kid. Um, so let's start on our topics of the week, the international games. England uh, in the first game against Australia. I'm not too sure. I think the green people and the um, these mouthpieces for your carbon footprint went ever so quiet when England invited Australia to come over some 10,000 miles away and play a friendly game at Wembley. Gareth did ring the changes. I must admit, I liked the Madison and Grealish over on that left. And for me, would be Bellingham and Foden 
on that right-hand side. Okay, if you're going to play Declan Rice in there or somebody or the player in there, but I do, I do like them four players in our midfield with Harry Kane sitting at the top of the Christmas tree. And to listen to the rest of this podcast, head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash SRB Media. Thank you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.